This is Adam Gorney with the new Respect My Decision podcast. Very special guest, new national recruiting analyst, John Garcia here with us. Good to have you, man. Of course, Adam. Been a long time coming for, for this one. So excited to be on this, this podcast. It feels more official now with you. Yeah, definitely official. Uh, this is good. So you were at IMG. Uh, today is Thursday. Uh, you were there Wednesday. Saw a lot of guys. You told me that they were they were going pretty hard. They were going pretty good during practice there. Who kind of caught your eye? Who were you like, wow, this is definitely uh, someone who has impressed me here? Well, look, it's two layers every time you go to IMG, right? It's first, hey, let's reconnect with the guys that you know, you know, the Jarek Gibsons that have been there, David Stones of the world. And then the other layer is like, who's new? Because every yeah. single time you go, there's a new batch of prospects. And on both sides of the coin, of course, many impressed. Stone was great, 6'5", 280, carries it incredibly well very long can rush inside or out I think continues to live up to that blue chip status and he's kind of the leader now you know every year there's turnover at IMG so outside of the athleticism in the game you're like hey who is going to galvanize the roster I think defensively it's going to be David Stone and, and at the same time Jarek Gibson offensively looks to be that guy very comfortable out of the backfield he's gotten a little bit bigger which I think is a good sign relative to his collegiate ceiling of course uh, Jarek an elite blue chip running back prospect, but the new guys, you, know, you got to spend more time on them. I hadn't yeah. seen Jordan Seaton before big time offensive lineman out of the DC area. I think he moved in April. So just in time for spring ball and my goodness, all of six, six two eighty five or so just that classic tackle profile. I, I think he's going to add a ton of weight and maybe kick inside at the next level, but there's so much polish there that I'm not sure Right tackle is out of the conversation, and and since that move, a lot of SEC schools have felt better about their chances for Seton, who is still uncommitted among the Rivals 100 offensive linemen. So he was incredibly impressive and a great kid, very thorough in that conversation that we'll, of course, have featured later this weekend on Rivals.com. But let me tell you, in the class of 25 and even 26, some of the new guys at IMG impressed. I think Turbo Rogers, the running back, from Alabama, uh, as his name would indicate, whether he's a running back, a slot, a return man. I mean, just unbelievable wheels. There, there really wasn't anyone who could keep up with him from a speed standpoint, which is a very big deal, of course, when you're talking about IMG uh, Academy kids. But I think the guy who held the most buzz from the moment I got there to the moment I left was another 2025. It, it was Nathaniel Owusu Botang, uh, who of yeah. course is his older brothers in the NFL. So we understand the bloodlines kid out of Virginia. You talk about a modern linebacker, 6'1, 210. And he was about the only defender that could keep up with Turbo, even though he's much bigger. So I think the sky is truly the limit there. A true modern three down linebacker. So as usual, IMG crushes the look test and, and it's layered through multiple classes at the same time. You talked about getting layers at IMG, and the first layer is Don Zelotti. What a gentleman! I mean, what a Absolutely. what a what a, a, a friend of the program, really. Hundred uh, <laughs> percent. Uh, I had to shout him out, but some other guys: Winnie, Winston Watkins, a guy I've loved for a long time. Kind of like that twenty-first century receiver, just super fast, super electric, and getting a little bigger. What did, was he there? And what you what did you think? Yeah, he's a little banged up, but once the one-on-ones got going, Ellis Robinson was barking a little bit. Uh, naturally, he's a Georgia commitment. And sure enough, Winnie stepped up, and they went at it a few times, and it was theater. Um, obviously, the length of Robinson is tough to deal with at the line of scrimmage, but Winnie right there at the line, so tough to get hands on because he's yeah. so 
incredibly quick. And I agree, Adam, he does look a little bit bigger, uh, just just a, a beast, just a kid who, from a route running perspective, is going to set up defensive backs and flip their hips more than your average high school wide receiver. But really, the acceleration and catch radius he provides, even though you know he's 5'10", 5'11", I think that's where you start to feel like he could truly uh, be different. Uh, and look, he's standing tall on that Colorado verbal commitment. So shout yeah. out to Coach Prime as well. Uh, having walk-ins on board is, is a very big deal. Uh, him and Robinson going back and forth was about as good as it gets. That's how deep IMG is. We hadn't even talked about Watkins and Ellis Robinson, but uh, it was always good to, to get out there, of course. Uh, one more 2025 guy. The guy they've really been talking up and saying is, is going to be awesome this year is Donovan Johnson, the, run, the, the 2025 running back. Jacked up kid, kind of thick looking. Very big. What did you see from him? What did you think? And is he kind of that power back to kind of counter what they're going to do? Yeah, I, it reminds me of when IMG had Noah Kane uh, and, and Katron Allen a couple years ago, where it's like, I don't know if there's a change of pace between uh, Donovan and, and Jarek Gibson, but man, IMG is going to hammer folks just coming right downhill. Donovan looked incredibly thick, well built. I, I thought he moved really well relative to the size, uh, and he was kind of comfortable out of the backfield. I was a little bit surprised by that. He, he banged knees with a linebacker early on, so he, he missed a little bit of time at the end of practice, didn't get to talk to him. Hopefully he's he's doing okay, but was impressed with his build. He is going to push Jarrett Gibson for snaps uh, basically right out of the gate. Uh, and as one old lineman there told me, there's no running back one at IMG. It's just whoever's in the game at that moment, and I think that's a huge credit to him because you know Gibson is is arguably a top two or three back in this entire class of 24 and he's been there at IMG so he's more familiar with that system so anybody pushing him I think is a testament uh, to that person's ability let's talk David Stone um last summer he told me in Atlanta at, at our rivals underclassmen challenge that his mom didn't want him at Oklahoma and it would kind of like <laughs> shocked me just and I didn't really get into it too much with him because I didn't know the situation but after talking to like three people around him, uh, it's basically like it's not that she hates Oklahoma. It's that she just wanted him to sort of venture out, maybe get away from like the crowd a little bit. Um, Oklahoma has worked on that very hard and kind of has convinced her again um, that they have you know processes in place to kind of keep him not safe, but sort of like, you know, in the program and focused and all those kinds of things. What was your sense on after talking to him where his recruitment is? I think Michigan State's probably sliding a little bit. It feels like Oklahoma A&M. I could be wrong. Florida, maybe. Yeah, that's the thing. You talk to David and he, he'll give you eight teams and you're like, oh, OK, well, it can't really be this big. Florida's kind of a sneaky contender here. I think they're making up ground on that sort of Michigan State, Texas A&M battery. Look, Oklahoma, I think, is kind of by itself perceptionally in this recruitment. He was just back there. For the spring game, it's the only official that he's for sure about right now, which I thought was yeah. interesting. He had talked about setting a Wisconsin trip and others in the month of June, and they're still to be determined. But the only one locked in is mid-June to Oklahoma. So clearly the Sooners are in good shape. But he kept talking up Florida and the nugget there that surprised me to a degree, Adam, was he said Billy Napier among head coaches is the one he's dealing with the most consistently. Uh, he yeah. said Tucker and Venables are right there for Michigan State and Oklahoma, respectively. But he said Florida's push has been pretty consistent under Billy Napier. Miami was brought up uh, as well. Oregon still fighting to get him uh, back on campus. So I think if mom wanted him to venture out and explore more, I don't know if there's an elite recruit 
that has been on as many campuses over the last year as David Stone. So that box appears to be checked. And now it's about making a decision. But Stone's got no timeline at the same time. So it could be today or it could be signing day, which, of course, uh, keeps his name relevant and, and keeps the fascination around the programs feeling like they have a chance. That's the interesting thing with Stone, too, is, um, well, one, Billy Napier is going to recruit hands very hands-on for the guys he wants. He, he actually loves recruiting as a head coach, which is different than the old Florida staff there. And But Venables, Venables will, too. He's not going to take a backseat to anybody. And so that will be an interesting clash if it, if it goes down, how that, how that plays out. But I have to get out of my mind, and I have over the last year or so, that David Stone is undersized because he no longer is – all that undersized and he's getting bigger. And I think he told me he was 280. I don't know uh, if he told you that too, but he's starting to look like that elite defensive tackle. He's never going to be that 320 pound kind of run stuffer kind of guy, but that's not what NFL teams want anymore either. So stone is sort of that prototypical guy that NFL teams are looking for to kind of gap shoot more. Right. 100%, you know, rush from the outside in or flip it depending on down and distance. And that's what he's working on. You know, first rep of one-on-ones with the linemen. He was at end rushing against Jordan Seaton, who got the better of him, by the way. But once he moved inside, yeah, nobody was going to contend with Stone. So I think playing that tweener role is is, is advantageous uh, to his position projection at the next level. It keeps him versatile, and it'll probably allow him to be more, more free out there. You know, you, you watch a kid like that, and he wants to play linebacker and safety and defensive end, defensive tackle. He's just he's a, a grunt. Uh, he loves it. So I, I think trying to channel multiple positions is a selling point he's going to buy all the way into. So that's why so many programs, from a schematic standpoint, feel like they've got a really good shot because they could push him in one direction or the other. But yeah, he does look bigger and it's a clean 280. It's not yeah. sloppy. It looks like that that IMG strength and conditioning program, as it has for many, is absolutely working out for Stone. And, and I expect him to be that modern, like you said, interior pass rusher who can flex out as needed, especially on early downs. Let's talk Seaton. He's re- we have 17 five stars right now. We'll 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 try to get to 32. We always try to reflect the first round of the NFL draft in our five-star rankings. Jordan Seaton sits at 19. He's listed at guard, but like you said, he has that length where he can go out to play tackle. He has that toughness in the size he can stay inside. That versatility is actually a good thing, right? 100%. Yeah, I think you could make an argument. He could play three or four different offensive line positions. And that's something that we, of course, uh, should value incredibly highly when considering that final ranking uh, in December or January when it matters most. But yeah, I think the tackle guard conversation is going to be ongoing here. Does he have the best movement skills for a guy his size? Probably not. But the polish he already has in his tool bag, I think does sort of compensate for some of that. Like I said, I mean, going head to head with Stone on the edge, I was expecting David to to win both reps, if not splitting. And, and Seton really held his own with a speed rush and some counter moves inside. So he moves well enough and redirects well enough along with that polish to contend on the edge, especially I think if you're talking about him as a potential right tackle. And as, as the NFL draft has, has just shown us with the Darnell rights of the world, that position has increased in in value and priority level over the last few years, just as the game has become more modernized and wide open and, and pass first. So, yeah, I think he's going to contend all the way through the cycle, if I had to guess. His, his recruitment could take, I think, a lot of twists and turns here. He's from D.C., 
I think the sense was Ohio State, maybe Penn State, but then he goes and visits Georgia and absolutely loves it. Now he's in Florida. So what was your sense on what he's thinking recruiting-wise and schools that are really like the serious contenders? You you painted the perfect picture, Adam. I think Big Ten programs were absolutely in the best shape before he made the move, but every single school, and he brought up like five, every single school he brought up to me in person was an SEC school. He yeah. mentioned Ole Miss, Texas A&M, and of course the longstanding contenders, Georgia and Alabama. I think Florida just got him on campus uh, soon after that move as well. So there's definitely more of a curiosity for SEC country, which happens a lot with kids who move down to IMG Academy. And I think the timeline here where he's in no rush is going to help those programs push even further into to this recruitment, especially the non-Georgia Alabamas of the world. We, we expect them to contend for whoever they want. But I think your, your A&Ms, your Ole Misses, your Floridas in particular are going to have more of a shot as time goes on. And what's interesting about his plan, Adam, is he says he wants to take one official in the summer, and that will be a de facto leader. He wants to take hmm. the trip to the school that almost earns it through the communication and the consistency and then take the rest of his officials in the fall ahead of a late year decision. So I thought that was an interesting strategy. You don't hear that very often with any recruit, especially among the elite like like Jordan Seaton is. Yeah. Cornerback is a position this uh, this cycle that I think is sort of wide open in terms of who's the best one. I don't think there's a guaranteed Derek Stingley in this class. Um, you know, guys that would be hard to fall, you know, push off that one line. We have Charles Lester, number one right now, but Ellis Robinson is two, and he's definitely going to push for that top spot. Definitely some others along the way. Jalen Mbakwe is a guy that I don't think gets enough credit in our rankings. Bryce West is an interesting kid from Cleveland um, who's kind of battling with Ohio State and Michigan right now. Kobe Black looks like he's going to end up in Texas. Let's talk Ellis Robinson. Bigger kind of corner, more physical. Every time I see him, he seems to get bigger and more physical. Not necessarily the greatest thing for NFL corners, <laughs> but uh, what did you think of him and what did you kind of take away from him as maybe the number one corner in the country? Yeah, Robinson absolutely belongs in, in that potential CB1 conversation. As you mentioned, 6'1", probably pushing 6'2", at this point, 185 pounds, playing with a cast. I think he hurt his hand. So that that strength of rerouting guys at the line of scrimmage is something that that he's very much leaning into to the point where whether it's a Winston Watkins or even a 6'6 tight end and Jonathan Eccles, he's going to line up at the line and challenge you there. But I do think that the fluidity, the stride, and the physicality of Robinson will help make up for maybe a lack of natural twitch compared to Mbakwe, compared to a Charles Lester. And there's also a lot of polish there. I mean, there were there was one coach there. I don't want to name him to, to get his phone blowing up a little bit. One coach there that told me that Robinson was the best DB at IMG last year as mm. a junior. So anytime, again, you get into those type of conversations at a school like that, it, it does start to hold a little bit more weight. But I do think from an attitude standpoint, Ellis is all in on, on that part of it. You know, you don't want to throw out a Jalen Ramsey kind of name, but in mm. terms of how he carries himself, that alpha cornerback mentality, he has all of that and more, and, and he plays like it. He will absolutely beat you up at the line of scrimmage, but he does have a little bit more fluidity than maybe his frame would suggest, but there's no doubt Lester and Bakwe, even West, there's a lot of a twitchier corners that are in contention as well. So I think Robinson will be sort of the counter from a length and polish standpoint compared to those guys. 
Yeah. And, and I don't want to get too crazy about cornerback size. I mean, for a couple of years there, we were kind of like leaning more toward the six foot and under guys just because of their speed and versatility. That's how the NFL draft was trending for those couple of years. And we're, we're always cognizant of those trends. But if you look, uh, you know, down the line this year, I mean, Devin Witherspoon was was maybe uh, arguably a stretch that high in, in the draft. Um, but Julius Brents was 6'3 at corner. Uh, Joey Porter was 6'2. There's a lot of 6'1 guy. Christian Gonzalez is probably 6'1 and a half. They're clo- all of them are pretty close to 200 pounds, too. So I don't think I think Robinson is kind of like right in that fit. Um, and, and not and not too big. Last guy, and then I'll let you go because I'm sure you have a lot to do. Jarrett Gibson, is he a lock to Texas, do you feel, or do you think other schools can kind of get in there? There's no doubt that Texas is the team to beat. I mean, he even confirmed it on record, which you know doesn't always happen this yeah. time of year. But I do think he's still waiting on something. You know, there, there's no timeline, there's no um slate where he's gonna lock it in at a certain point, but there's still something he wants to vet relative to Texas. And I think some SEC schools, Tennessee, maybe even Florida in particular, is very close to Anthony Richardson, a fellow Gainesville native. Yeah. I do think that they're going to hang around in this recruitment. So it's it's probably Texas, but I don't think it's 100% at this point. Uh, and, and Jarek, again, he's, he's not even focused on it. He didn't really want to talk recruiting very much. Uh, so I don't think it's as prevalent in his mind right now as as just spring ball and, and getting better so if this battle wears on even longer obviously more time for the tennessees the the floridas even miami was was brought up uh, georgia's in there too to try to come and make up some ground on on the longhorns who no doubt are are the clear leader i don't want to undersell that part either all right so who was the coach that said ellis robinson was the best uh, corner at img last year he had red in his logo that's as far as i'm going that is john garcia our new national recruiting analyst here at rivals i'm adam gorney and that's the respect my decision podcast